The Kings play their best game of the season and remain perfect on the road. We'll discuss and break down the Kings' thrilling win over Detroit. Plus, L.A. is right back at it tonight in Nashville against the Predators. We'll preview that game and give you some injury news as well. All that and more coming up on this edition of Locked on L.A. Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. At last check, we were at 777 subscribers, looking pretty good for our goal of 800 by the end of October. Thank you to all who supported the YouTube channel and the podcast. And if you can, recommend the show to your fellow Kings fans. My name is Eddie Garcia. I am your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, 20 plus years at Fox Sports Radio Network, where I'm a co-host of the Puck Podcast uh, as well. Uh, It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years. And of course, a very passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years. The Kings played game four of the season and game two on their nine-day five-team road trip Monday in Detroit against the Red Wings. Uh, And let's start off by recapping that game by checking out the lineup that we saw in this game. No surprise with the top line, Andre Kopitar at center with Kevin Fiala on the left wing, Adrian Kempe on the right wing. Also no surprise with the second line, Philip Deneau at center, Trevor Moore on his left, Victor Arvidsson on his right. The third line has been pretty constant of late with Quinton Byfield at center, Alex Ayafalo on the left side, and Gabe Velarde on the right side. And the fourth line is kind of uh, the fourth line we saw a lot last year. Blake Lazat at center, Brendan Lemieux on the left side, Carl Grundstrom on the right side. Your defensive pairings were Drew Doughty on the right, Mikey Anderson on the left, Sean Dursey on the left, Matt Roy on the right, and Brant Clark on the left, Sean Walker on the right. Jonathan Quick was in net for L.A. Uh, Arthur Kaliev, Jarrett Anderson-Dolan, and Alex Edler were the scratches for the Kings. So the only change in the forward lineup was Carl Grundstrom back on that fourth line with Lazat and Lemieux. And I think this is the best uh, best spot for Grundstrom as he seems to fit in well with this energy line. Uh, it was a little odd to see him on the second line Thursday against Seattle. And I mentioned it on Monday's show, but unfortunately, Arthur Kaliev is the odd man out right now, which I do think hurts the Kings offensively not to have his shot in the lineup and on that second power play unit. But again, who do you take out of the lineup right now if you put Artie in? Um, I don't think he fits really well on that fourth line. And as we mentioned, obviously, Kempe is playing really, really well, as is Gabe Velarde. Um, And I don't think you want to take out Victor Arvidsson either. So unfortunately for Arthur Kaliev right now, um, he's kind of the odd man out. However, that may change due to injury. We'll talk more about that a little later in the show. On defense, Alex Edler was supposed to start with Brant Clark on the third pairing, but took a puck to the face in pregame warmup. Uh, Edler was one of those veteran players who doesn't wear a helmet in warmup, and I guess the puck um, went off his face, head, and it was a little bit more than just cutting him. He was a little, maybe a little dazed by it. So um, Sean Walker was forced into the lineup to take Edler's place. Um, again, interesting to see Brant Clark playing on the left side and Sean Walker on the right side, since Walker is more experienced at um, that playing on that left side as a right shot. As for the game, 
another great start by the Kings. They were clearly the better team at the start of this game. They controlled the pace of the game. They had the puck in the Detroit zone for most of the period. Unfortunately and surprisingly, they did not get the first goal of the game after Sean Dursey got tripped up uh, skating the puck to the net and there were three L.A. forwards surrounding the cage. It led to a two-on-one odd man rush for Detroit and they scored a shot. Uh, and we've seen the Kings give up two-on-ones on bad line changes and bad turnovers. Honestly, I kind of talked this one up to just a bit of bad luck. The Kings did, however, have the lead after the first period, and they deserved it. After a Red Wings fortunate goal, Gabe Velarde, who remains red hot, scored his third goal in four games, snapping off a wrist shot on the rush from the top of the left faceoff circle. I think something that I have underestimated with Velarde, and I'm quickly kind of being educated on it, is the quickness of the release of his shot, and it was very evident on that goal that tied up the game at 1-1. Alex Iafalo and Drew Doughty also had assists on that opening goal. And speaking of red hot, Adrian Kempe gave LA the lead on something I could get very used to seeing, a very nice cross-ice pass from Kevin Fiala, who started the playoff skating the puck out of the Kings' zone, uh, he made a backhand pass at center ice to Andre Kopitar. Kopi couldn't handle it, but he smartly just tapped it back to Fiala, who had speed entering the zone. He found Kempe on the right side, and he buried a nice wrist shot uh, on the to the far side of the net. Uh, Kempe's fourth goal of the season with Fiala and Kopitar getting the helpers. That was by far the Kings' best period of this hockey season. They were clearly the better team. All four lines were in the flow of the game and contributing and although the shots were even at 11 apiece, L.A. controlled the play with good puck possession. Great period for the Kings. They almost made it out of the period without a penalty, but right at the end of the period, um, Brandon Lemieux got called for a roughing call. Uh, there was a scrum in front of the net, and he put a guy in a headlock. And frankly, I thought it was a pretty weak call. Um, but all in all, opening period against Detroit last night was a great period for the LA Kings, and we hope to see a lot more of that going forward. Second period, the Kings were good, but it was a little more of an even period. Detroit would score first on a cross-ice pass to David Perron, who scored on a one-timer to make it 2-2. Quinton Byfield a little late getting over in coverage and not much of a chance for Jonathan Quick moving from post to post from his left to his right. Perron is a guy who seems to be a Kings killer over the years. Always plays well against L.A., uh, but the Kings would respond, and that is an important word, respond. Uh, thanks to Philip first goal of the season, Trevor Moore made a very smart play at the Detroit Blue Line to keep the play onside as Victor Arvidsson was touching up. Then Moore skated into the zone, made a nice backhand pass from his right to his left, found Deneau streaking to the left side, from the left side. Uh, a beautiful pass from Moore as he had to elevate it over a defender's stick and he gets the primary assist, Sean Dursey the secondary assist, and L.A. would lead 3-2 going into the final period of regulation. In the third period, Brant Clark took a hooking penalty, and Detroit would score on the ensuing power play. David Perron second of the game to make it 3-3, but L.A. would respond on a great hustle play by the captain. After an Adrian Kempe shot on goal, the puck was loose in the crease, and Andre Kopitar did a Superman and dove headfirst, lunging with his stick, to poke the puck into the net. Uh, Kopi is obviously a very skilled player, but that was all desire and hustle on that one. Uh, good to see the captain uh, doing whatever it takes to, to get a goal and give his team the lead. Kempe and Fiala get the assists. And on that shot from Kempe, another great cross-ice pass 
from Fiala. Kings led 4-3 with about seven minutes to go. Now, L.A. looked like they were going to seal the win with an empty net goal, but Victor Arvidsson took a little bit too much time for what he thought was going to be an easy empty net goal, and Red Wings captain Dylan Larkin made an awesome hustle play to dive and get Arvidsson's stick just as he was going to shoot it and deflected the puck away. That kept the score 4-3, and Detroit, of course, would end up scoring with the extra attacker, which is 41 seconds to play to tie it up. Should Arvidsson have shot it quicker? Yes. Um, was it a phenomenal play by Dylan Larkin? Yeah, it was. Got to give him credit on that. All hustle. Great job never quitting on the play. But when you get that opportunity uh, at an empty net and you you know, you know take a stride or two, go ahead and get that thing off. I'm sure Arvidsson learned his lesson on that one. I think all the Kings will uh, kind of store that in their memory bank as well. When you get that open net, you got the chance. Uh, don't take it for granted. You're going to have enough time to put it in the net. Fire that thing off as quickly as you can and as accurately as you can. So uh, for the first time this season, the Kings would play overtime. And fortunately, Arvidsson was let off the hook thanks to Philip Deneau. He and Trevor Moore had a two-on-one in overtime. Deneau coming down the right side, tried to make a pass over to Moore, who was streaking down the left side. But the pass deflected off of the Red Wings defenseman, tried to break up the play and into the net. Kings win 5-4, handing Detroit their first loss of the season after a 2-0 start. So that was the breakdown of what happened in the game. My thoughts overall on this game coming up in a moment. But first, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. But let me introduce you to a new favorite, Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. They are made with real chocolate and chunks of cookie dough. And of course, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which the body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Why not eat something that tastes great and is good for you? Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just want to grab a quick bite, you're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puffs. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that is built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. I don't know about you, but this one was not quite the reach for the Pepto game like the game on Saturday against Minnesota was. I actually was able to enjoy this game a lot more, and that was because of how the Kings played. This was the Kings' best game so far on the young season. They were clearly the better team. This looked like the Kings team we're used to seeing, the Kings team we saw a lot last year. And if we see more games like this from the Kings and not the games we've seen against like the Golden Knights and the Wild, I feel very good about how the Kings season is going to go. As for some specific takeaways, the top line continues to lead the way. I said it at the start of the season, and I'm not saying this trying to make myself look good. It was, it was somewhat obvious, but the top line needs to be the Kings' best line more often than not, and they have been. Kempe, a goal and an assist. Kopitar, a goal and an assist. And Fiala with two very nice assists. Uh, Back-to-back multi-point games for that line. And it is fun to get excited when that trio hops over the boards because you feel like something good is going to happen. And I think the team can feed off that as well. Love the way those guys are playing. Love the way those guys are leading. And I think that's definitely something the Kings need to have more going forward. And we talked about it. Kevin Fiala coming over, the big offseason addition. We needed to see big things from him. We needed to see him, you know, how how soon would he be able to fit in with his new line mates? How soon would he be able to be a, a playmaker and, and a guy who can help the Kings directly win games? And so far, so good. But the top line, hope, hope we see a lot more of that going forward. I mentioned it earlier. 
response goals. The Red Wings scored the first goal after the Kings were pretty much dominating them. What did the Kings do? Did they get frustrated? Did they get down? No, they scored 19 seconds later. And we've seen it a few times this season that right after an opponent scores, the Kings will come right back with a goal of their own. It seems like more often than not in the past couple of seasons, we saw the opposite where the Kings would score a tying goal or, or a goal to get them back in the game. And then the opponent would score right away and take the momentum away. Um, now the Arvidsson missed opportunity, you know, into the empty net. Detroit takes advantage, but what did the Kings do? Did they get frustrated? No, they come right back and score the overtime game winner. I like what I'm seeing from the Kings in responding when something doesn't go right uh, and they give up a goal, but they come right back. It seems more often than not and scores a response goal. I think that is great for the Kings and for their confidence to know that, okay, if we give up a goal, if something doesn't go right, we're not, we're going to be able to, we're going to be fine. We're going to come right back. We're going to get that next goal to tie it or take the lead or reclaim the lead. And I'm seeing that um, so far this season with the Kings. And I think that is definitely something that's very positive. Um, I haven't talked much about Jonathan Quick from this game, but I thought that he was solid in net, no soft goals, no fat rebounds, no misplays. Um, he did, you know, he gave up a goal on a two-on-one. He gave up a power play goal. He gave up a goal with an extra attacker. Um, he did have a huge save on Dylan Larkin on a shorthanded breakaway that uh, was a big moment in the game. Quick ended up making 29 saves on 33 shots for his first win of the season. So all in all, uh, you you know, you look at four goals allowed, you think, well, that's not a good game for your goaltender. It's always much more than that. It's never just that black and white. And again, I didn't think Quickie let off, uh, let in any softies. Uh, there were no real misplays from him. Uh, sometimes you give credit to the other team. And, you know, like I said, they the, the Detroit did take advantage of their opportunities. They were very opportunistic in this game. But overall, I was fine with the way that Jonathan Quick played in this one. We always have to talk about Brant Clark and give you an update on him. This was his third NHL game. He has six more to go before the Kings have to make a decision on him, whether to send him back to his junior team or keep him at the NHL level. I thought he did fine in this one. Um, he, you know, looked pretty good, um, especially playing on his uh, offside, uh, which I don't know he's done a lot of. Um, there was a moment uh, in the first period where he jumped up in a play and created a two-on-one with Alex Iafalo. And it was mentioned on the broadcast, and I agreed with the point that was made. Uh, it looked like Iafalo was surprised to see him there, and he wasn't able to take advantage and get the pass over to him. But that was a great read of the play by a young player, Brant Clark, um, for a potential scoring opportunity. Um, so that's something that his, his uh, line mates will have to get used to because you don't see a lot of the Kings defensemen jump up in the play like that. Um, Clark also saw time on the penalty-killing unit. Um, he took his first penalty of his career. So, you know, it wasn't a terrible penalty. Um, the Red Wings didn't end up scoring, unfortunately, on that man advantage, but, you know, those things will happen. Overall, I think more positives than negatives from Brant Clark. I think playing him again on the left side shows the Kings are trying to find a spot for him. Um, we'll see if he plays more on that left side with the remaining six games he has. But uh, still, I think, pretty positive signs for the young defenseman, Brant Clark. Okay, even though I do feel this was the Kings' best game of the season, there were some things that L.A. did wrong and still need to work on. There always are after games. Uh, special teams would be one. The special teams were not great against Detroit. And while I think it is clear that the power play is improving and the puck movement we're seeing on the power play is much better than the Kings have had uh, in previous seasons, uh, they were 0 for 4 with the man advantage in this game against Detroit. They did give up a power play goal and very nearly a shorthanded goal. 
So I'm so again, the special teams do need to be better. Um, and I have to mention it, but Kevin Fiala took another stupid penalty. Um, and look, it's okay for him to take penalties occasionally, but stop with the stupid penalties at inopportune times for the second time this season. Fiala took an unnecessary penalty that killed off a King's power play and eventually put his team down a man. It was away from the play. It looked like Fiala was responding to something, retaliation penalty, and you just can't do that, especially when you're on the power play. Save that for later. I mean, if so, I mean, like I said, I think somebody did something to him to elicit a response, and maybe it was a dirty something, but you got to st- put that away and save it for later. It was a tie game at the time. And again, this is the second time Fiala has taken a bad penalty to eliminate a power play for the Kings and eventually put them down a man. Now, they did kill off the penalty, thankfully, this time. But look, I'm not going to make a big deal out of every time Kevin Fiala takes a penalty unless it is a penalty like this. These are very undisciplined, unnecessary penalties. Again, if somebody does something to you you don't like, Okay, I get wanting to get your retaliation for it, but store it away for a, a better time. Uh, you know, wait for the final seconds uh, when you're up by a goal and maybe slash a guy or something. You know, I mean, there's a time and a place, and it's not when you're on the power play in a tie game. So, look, I love the way Kevin Fiala has played the last couple of games. He is doing some magical things out there with the puck on his stick. Um, I love the way he's setting up Adrian Kempe. There's a lot of good positive things, but just please, Kevin Fiala, stop the dumb penalties. It's it's something he can control, I think, or maybe he can't. Uh, maybe he kind of loses it at times and just completely forgets what the situation is, and all he cares about is getting back at somebody that's maybe done something to him that he doesn't like. But um, he, he looks like a guy right now that can be goaded into penalties, and I guarantee you, that that word gets around, maybe if it hasn't already, maybe it already has gotten around. I mean, this is the first time we've seen Kevin Fiala for an extended level uh, or extended period of time. So maybe he has this reputation, but he needs to stop this. He really does. Again, I know it seems like I'm making a big deal out of every time he takes a penalty, but I'm not. If he takes a, you know, a, a hooking penalty when a guy beats him going to the net or something like that, fine. That that uh, No big deal. But these types of penalties... I, I really hope we don't see many more of these going forward, but we've seen two of them already on the season and they are avoidable and he needs to be more disciplined. All in all, although all in all, uh, I thought a very solid game for the Kings. Um, they have eliminated a ton of the issues that we saw in the first two games of the season. Um, many more games like this and the Kings will do well. So I still think a lot more positives to take away the negatives and the Kings uh, now two and two on the season after those two rough Home games now looking a little bit better uh, on the road, at least in this game against Detroit, looking a lot better. All right, uh, back on the ice for the LA Kings in Nashville today. I've got a preview of that in just a second. But first, I want to encourage you to check out Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result, it's locked on Game to Game, and it covers every game from across the NHL with local analysts that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked on NHL, available on the Audacity app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So I mentioned it right back at it for the Kings in their first of back-to-back games of the season. By the way, if you're curious, the Kings will play back-to-back games six times this season. So this is the first time they're going to do that this season. uh, It is road game number three on this nine-day five-team trip. 
And tonight's opponent is the Nashville Predators, a team that made the playoffs a season ago and has the same record as the Kings at 2-2. Two and two. Now, Nashville opened up the season with two wins over the San Jose Sharks in a pair of games played in Prague in the Global Series. Since, though, the Predators have returned to the U.S., they are 0-2. Um, they lost back-to-back uh, -back games to the Dallas Stars, one at home, one on the road, and Nashville has scored a total of two goals in those last two games against Dallas. Predators this offseason pretty much stayed the same, but their big move was re-signing their top forward, Philip Forsberg, who was an unrestricted free agent and could have signed with anyone. Uh, there was even some talk about him coming to L.A. Um, the Predators do have one of the best goalies in the NHL in UC Soros and one of the best defensemen in former Norris Trophy winner Roman Yossi. And they have some talented forwards, like guys like Forsberg, uh, Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne, and the recently added Nino Niederreiter, who was one of their um, few offseason moves this season, but he's had a great start to his Nashville career. Four goals uh, so far on the season. Four of the nine goals scored this season for Nashville. So should be a good test for the LA Kings tonight. As for the Kings, there is some bad news. As reported by LA Kings insider and friend of the show, Zach Dooley, Alex Iafalo and Alex Edler are both out for tonight's game. Not surprised about Edler after taking that puck to the face head. Um, but I didn't see anything that happened in the game to Ayafalo, but apparently he left in the third period with a lower body injury and he has been placed on injured reserve. No word on how long he'll be out. Um, the Kings did call, did not call up a forward, but they did uh, make a, a recall. They brought up defenseman Jacob Movarari to join the team with Ayafalo on injured reserve. So who will slot in for Ayafalo on the third line at left wing? We'll find out. Um, could he, Todd McClellan, just plug in Arthur Kaliev on that spot? Maybe he swaps Gabe Velarde from right to left and puts Kaliev on the right side on the third line. Or maybe he just inserts Jarrett Anderson Dolan, who we have yet to see play in an NHL game this season. Uh, it will be very interesting to see what decision is made. Obviously, we all hope that the injury to Iofalo is not serious and we see him back in the lineup sooner rather than later, and of course he was not placed on long-term injured reserve, which means he's not going to miss weeks of action. It should be days, um, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, as expected, Cal Peterson will be in net today with the back-to-back -back games. He'll be making a second start of the season after allowing six goals in a win against Minnesota on Saturday, but hope to see a more consistent effort from Cal um, and from the teammates in front of him as well. Um, and let's hope we see more of what we saw Last night, tonight, the Kings being the better team with the puck, taking the play to the opponent, having more zone time, having more shots on goal, and being better on special teams and staying out of the box as much as possible. Tonight's game is a 6.30 face-off local time. It will not be broadcast locally. Uh, ESPN will be broadcasting the game tonight. So there you have it, a recap of the Kings' big win over Detroit and a preview of tonight's game against Nashville. Uh, if you want to send me an email or anything going on uh, with the show, the email address is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter. We are at LockedOnLAKings, and we're on Instagram at LockedOnLAKings. Thanks for making LockedOnLAKings your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge to keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday, available on YouTube, Audacity, and wherever you get your podcasts. I am Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening to Locked on LA Kings. Go Kings, go.